Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast with your host, Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus. This college basketball guru, brash and unfiltered, he's got you covered in much more than sports, including music, movies, and the mob. Live guests, top-notch breakdowns, and as always, taking your phone calls. Live from the city of brotherly love, here's the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Friday edition of the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. This is episode 16. It is January 10th, 2019. We're getting locked and loaded. For another weekend in sports betting, got the NFL playoffs continuing tomorrow and Sunday. Get a big college basketball card tomorrow and Sunday as well. Plus, we get the national title game on Monday, LSU and Clemson. Uh, plenty to get to, plenty to talk about. We even have some college basketball tonight, which we'll talk about as well. As many of you know, Friday's show is about you. If you have some games you want, you want to talk about, feel free to hit me up on the hotline. 515-605-9349, whatever game you want. Uh, I don't care what game it is. You want to talk Bethune, Cookman, Coppin State, uh, give me a call. You want to talk about uh, Kentucky, Alabama, give me a call. You want to talk about East Carolina, SMU, I don't care. Give me a call. Whatever you want, I got you covered. We got some good guests tonight. Dave Mason from Bet Online will join us around 1030. Uh, we'll go over the sharp money for the NFL playoffs uh, who's betting who and what do the books need? Dave Mason from Bet Online. He'll join us at 10:30, and also Donnie Wrightside will join us as well. Uh, we'll go over our NFL playoff games, four matchups uh, that you know he likes. We did it last week. We'll do it today as well. So sit back, relax, and let's get to it uh, tonight. A couple of matchups that were interesting in college hoops. Iowa, um, listen, home teams cash in the Big Ten. Uh, it really is that simple. Every day, a home team cashes in the Big Ten. You know, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Nebraska, whether it's Michigan, whether it's whoever, you have to bet on home teams in the Big Ten, especially right now. Uh, they're coming in. You look at Joe Wieskamp tonight and Luca Garza were terrific. You look at on the, I mean, they combined for 47 points and 24 boards. Uh, also combined for three block shots. They were terrific tonight. They were the straw that stirred Iowa and a really nice home win for them. You got to wonder, I mean, what does Mark Turgeon ever win big games on the road? I mean, he just doesn't. It, it's really wild, but uh, a tough loss for Maryland who continued to struggle in games that you kind of figure they're going to struggle in. Uh, as far as uh, currently, look, the Providence Friars can't score the basketball. I mean, they, they went the first 13 minutes, only scored seven points. Uh, this team is shockingly bad right now on the offensive side tonight, shooting just 20%. Butler, listen, guys, start buying stock in Butler. I mean, this team is really good. All of a sudden, they're you know sixth in the country in, in, in the rankings. This team is terrific defensively. Uh, They're really fun uh, to watch. And uh, you better start getting a, get all, getting a hold of this team uh, before it's too late. I uh, really look good up at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. That game is at 
uh, the half, 30 to 18. Second half number, uh, Butler plus four. Um, I mean, does anything make it look like Providence is going to get back into this game? I mean, they can't seem to do anything. And I don't know if any adjustments are going to do any anything. This Butler team just looks like a firing, um, sharpshooter, defensive stalwart team uh, on the road right now. So, um, you know, 71 and a half in the second half for a total. Uh, I, you know, not for nothing. I mean, they got 48 in one half. You mean to tell me they're going to score 72 in the second half? Not a bad play there on the under. I mean, I don't know that Providence is going to score 45 points in this game. I mean, it looks really dire for them. I mean, everything it looks difficult. They're getting out-rebounded. Uh, they've only turned the ball over four times. They're just not making shots. I mean, it's, it's very simple. Everything looks difficult. Everything looks tough. So it might be an angle for you to look at under 71 and a half in the second half. I just bet that at... Uh, what book did I get that at here? Let me take a look. Um, I got that at, um, let me see here. Uh, where did I bet that? Oh, uh, DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings uh, Sportsbook. So uh, you might want to keep that in mind. Um, you have any teams you want to talk about? You have any games you're looking at for tomorrow? I'm going to get into a couple in just a second. Let's get to the phone lines. Uh, Cameron in North Carolina. What's up? What's up, big man? Uh, game tomorrow, SMU East yep. Carolina. I'm really, I want to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take my Pirates to the plus eight and a half. And the reason I'm going to do this is, is because ever since we got our full roster of players, a lot of people may not know Joe Dooley has completely brought in. Apart from Jaden Gardner, Joe Dooley has brought in a, a whole new team of recruits. That's who we're playing from junior colleges to a couple freshmen. And three of those guys were injured for the first part of the season. So ever since we've had a full roster, we're 5-1. and one. That only loss is coming to Wichita State, a team that we almost had at the brink with about three minutes left when we took the lead by one, but we just couldn't finish it because we were in foul trouble. And Wichita State's a great team. Uh, I think we ended up losing by six of that game. But we, we held Wichita State to their own. And let's see, SMU, I look at their size and their length. Like they got 6'9", six, 6'9". Nine, six, nine. I feel like they're going to spread the floor and try and attack East Carolina on the wing. If we can defend the perimeter, I feel like East Carolina can compete and score with SMU, and I I think they can cover the eight and a half. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, SMU is playing at a really high level offensively. I mean, they have been terrific the last couple of games. Eighty five, ninety two. I'm sorry, eighty five, eighty two, ninety two, and eighty one. I mean, they're putting up points and. They're doing it against pretty good defensive teams. I mean, UCF is a very good defensive team. South Florida has been a good defensive team over the years. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing it at, at a really high level, and they're scoring a lot of points right now. I guess my question is, you know, can ECU play that type of game? Uh, I guess they can. This isn't one of the vintage, really good defensive teams from SMU. Yeah, I mean, it's a road game. I mean, Menjis is, is starting to kind of, I think, buy into this team a little bit. Um, there's not been a lot to cheer about at East Carolina for a while. But, yeah, I mean, I would probably wait on this. I mean, you might be able to get a little bit higher of a number. Uh, ECU, I think, is going to cover a lot of numbers in that conference. I've told uh, Clip Brock that when I call into the to the radio. I've, I've you know, told anyone that, that asked me about it. Um, I, I would just be really concerned right now with, with SMU's uh, offensive numbers. I mean, this team is really good. They have shooters everywhere. But I've talked about it. The one way to stay in games as an underdog is making shots at the free throw line. And, 
you know, ECU's been able to do that. They get to the line. They generally knock those shots down. Uh, they do a pretty good job at offensive and defensive rebounding. And again, I mean, the other night against Wichita, that was an impressive game for them. Uh, as you said, everybody's back healthy now. So, yeah, I think they can hang around. I mean, this is, you know, Tim Jankovic, I think, is on a really short leash at SMU. I think people are growing tired of his behavior down there. He's not been really uh, playing up to the way he should be. And, you know, this team doesn't have a lot of real road games. I mean, they went out to UNLV. I actually bet them that game. They were able to get the job done, but it wasn't easy. They lost to Georgia, gave up 87 in that game. And then, you know, they go to Vandy. And um, I- I'm not going to, like, be the fr- – I'll be the first to tell you, Vanderbilt, go back and look at that box score. If you had Vanderbilt in that game, I mean, SMU was down six for, like, 40 seconds left. They took it to overtime and ended up finding a way. This team has not played well on the road. Uh, I-, I think it's worth a look. I agree with you. Yeah, and, and once again, for people that don't know, if you ever the game tomorrow is on national TV. If you're not doing anything, watch East Carolina and watch Jaden Gardner. There is not a single person you will watch that plays harder than that man does right there. It's really unbelievable. I agree. Uh, I, I I've I think he is a kid that I think if, if they can go, you know, and have a decent season, I mean, they might build a statue for the kid out front. Yeah, he's he's been really good. Uh, you got to be happy with it, and hopefully, he's there for a wild North Carolina kid. He's doing some great things. So, yeah, good for him. Happy to see it. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, you know, this is the start of some hope because there hasn't been a lot of hope besides baseball at East Carolina for a while. And I really like Joe Julian and what he's doing with the program so far. So, it's just a, a wait-and-see game, see what can happen. But I appreciate your input, big man, and I'll be listening to the rest of your podcast. All right, brother. I'll leave you on hold to uh, listen. Thanks, man. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, good, uh, good call there from Cameron. Always brings the heat with – North Carolina basketball talk. Yeah, I like that. I like that spot as he mentioned tomorrow night uh, for the uh, ECU uh, Pirates, who uh, have been very solid lately. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, all right, let's get through a couple games that I have my eye on. We've got about 20 minutes, and then our friend Dave Mason will join us uh, tomorrow. A couple of games just to kind of talk about. Uh, I'll talk about a couple of the early ones. You know, you look at tomorrow. I mean, first things first, Ohio State at Indiana. Seems like a very good spot to back the Hoosiers. Here's the thing about Indiana, okay? i, I got to be honest. This is a gigantic spot for Archie Miller. Gigantic. Uh, this is about as big as it gets, to be real honest with you. Uh, they lost to Arkansas, a closely contested game. Uh, you know, they didn't play well against Maryland in Maryland, but no one really plays well in Maryland. Didn't really play well at Wisconsin. But outside of that, Indiana has been pretty damn good. Uh, beat Notre Dame this year, beat Florida State, beat a good La Tech team, uh, beat Connecticut, uh, beat Northwestern the other night. This is a perfect spot for Indiana, guys. I mean, it just is. And let's be honest. I mean, this team has played pretty good defensively. They're a great rebounding team. They're number two in the country at getting to the foul line, which is huge. I mean, when you can stay in games by getting to the foul line, um, you're going to change the outcome of a basketball game. You look at 24% of their points are coming from the foul line, and you look at Ohio State. Teams lost four of six. Four of six. Three in a row. They've not scored 60 points in any of those games. It seems and continues to seem like, you know, until they get healthy, this is kind of what they are. 
would be quite the win for Archie Miller and company. You look at the, the spot here. I mean, this number's already come down. I mean, all the bets coming in Ohio State, but the numbers went the other way. So this is kind of interesting. We'll see if Kyle Young plays. Uh, he's still day-to-day with an appendectomy. Uh, he's kind of been one of their better shooters on the season. Uh, and without him, that they've struggled a little bit. You know, you look at it's not any secret that Kyle Young goes out against West Virginia. You lose that game, and then you mean, you know, you lose the next two without him. Up until then, they had one loss. So he, he's kind of been integral to what they do. It's definitely concerning that they don't have Kyle Young right now. We'll keep that in mind. That's a decent spot up front. We've talked about home teams in the Big Ten this year. They have just been money all season. Uh, let's go to the phone lines uh, and take another call. Uh, call your live. What's your name? Hey, man. It's Jim uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, okay. What's checking up, in on the podcast. First time caller, long time listener. Um, well, thanks for listening. Man. I really enjoy the content, man. Really enjoy the content. You're a great fellow on Twitter and always have thanks. good insight. So I really appreciate I the mean, content. I, I, I appreciate the kind words. What are the chances that we get a person from Greenville, North Carolina, and from South Carolina? What, what are the chances of that? That's, that's interesting. I know. I, I thought the same thing when I was thinking about calling in. I was like, golly, I, I guess I need to do it now. If North Carolina's <laughs> checking in, I need to do it too. Um, but listen, man, I know you're talking about basketball now, but I'm actually going to be attending the uh, national championship in, in New Orleans, leave the first thing in the morning. And you may be touching on it a little bit later, but uh, you've been talking about it earlier in the week. I just want to get your thoughts on it. I kind of get the feeling that uh, the five and a half is the way to go, Clemson. Um, you know, obviously Joe Burrows can be slinging it all over the field. Uh, but I, I still think, yeah, he's a Heisman winner. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, 25 and 0, uh, been there before. The whole coaching staff has been there before. Uh, I feel like they just just another game for them, you know, more or less. And uh, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I feel like that the Clemson defense may just make one more stop than LSU's. Yeah. I mean, they've got the better depth. I think uh, you look at last year LSU's defense, and then this year. Clemson defense and last year defense, some drop-off, but I don't know if there's, you know, uh, that big of a drop-off. And I just feel like they're going to get one more stop at the end of the day. Yeah, look, I mean, you've really said it all. I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, first of all, and I know we we have a bookmaker – well, not a bookmaker, but a guy that works for bookmaker coming up. And I know know they need Clemson bad. I mean, Clemson is the side – I feel like you want to jump on if you're looking to go against the public. The public loves LSU. And look, why shouldn't they? I mean, Joe Burrows had a magical season. You kind of get the feeling that they're going to find a way to win the game. But, yeah, if you're going to give me five and a half, even in certain spots, maybe a six if you can find it locally, yeah, I I love it. I think you're right. Clemson is more likely to get a stop. The The one concern I have that LSU as well, I don't love their offensive line. I also don't love their defensive Mm -hmm. line. I've talked before about – to win in football, whether it's college or the NFL, you need to win in the trenches. And I feel like you look at their sack rate, LSU, 62nd in the country, not great. 
I mean, I think anytime you let Trevor Lawrence just pick you apart, you're going to have trouble. Now, again, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to pick them apart because I don't necessarily trust Clemson's defense either due to the fact that you know, they just don't play anyone all year. But, again, I, I think LSU's concern a lot of the time is they seem to let teams just play shootouts with them. And I think if they get in a shootout here, they're barking up the wrong tree because, as you said, I think Clemson's more likely to get a stop. I'll tell you one thing. I think the difference in this game, I got to be real with you, it could come in the kicking game. I mean, you yeah. know, you look at, you know, LSU's kicker's terrific. I don't love Clemson's kicker. This isn't no. Chandler Cat and Zero or anything. So that could be a kind of a game changer. But it just has the feel like it's going to be a terrific game. I think the under is kind of interesting. Um, you know, the, I mean, really, either way, you, you think there, you would think there'd be points, but I feel like it's low 60s. I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But, yeah, the game's going to be great. I mean, you have two great quarterbacks. You have tons of skill position talent. Um, I get the feeling it's like a 34-31 type of game. Um, who wins? I'll lean LSU. Um, but, I, I mean, as you said, Dabo in this group, I mean, as underdogs, they seemingly get it done every time. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll make two more points, and I'll jump off and listen. But, you know, I think that one thing you need to watch as well is LSU's uh, secondary, um, especially the safeties. Uh, you know, yeah. I saw uh, – I watched the Alabama game, actually, uh, and they were getting some pretty good headway there. Also, a second thing, too, uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, running – um, I yes. think they may try to do that early to loosen them up a bit and then see if they can get some RPO and hit some people out the side. ETN, I think, might have a big day uh, just taking some dump passes, sort of like he did in the second half of the Ohio State game. But, uh, yeah, and then last thing, you did make a great point on the special teams. Clemson weakness all season long. So that really could come to play late if it's close. So good, good, good call on that. But enjoy yeah, the I mean, content, you look at, big man. Love the follow. Thanks, bro. Yeah, you look at Cade York. I mean, I, I think he's – I don't think he's missed under 40 yards this year. I think uh, above 50, I, I think he's only missed one kick. So, he's a guy that you have to obviously keep track of. The, the thing about Joe Burrow is, I mean, how do you game plan for the guy? I mean, you, you know, you, you blitz him, he beats you. You, you. you spy him, he beats you. Uh, but I have a feeling if anyone's going to figure it out, it's Brett Venables. Listen, man, enjoy the game. Let me ask you real quick before I let you go. Um, how yep. do you do like how do how do you get tickets? Like, do you go through like a company, or is it like do, does do all the fans go through like the same place, or like do you just do it on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, my in-laws actually are all Clemson grads, so uh, I got the inside track on that one and kind of coattailing on it. But yeah, they get they get it through the school. So they got a big group going down there from the alumni group, and I'm just tagging along. Yeah, you know, the the guy that just called in before you, I, I don't know how much you know, but, like, even, like, East Carolina, they have a great fan base. But, I mean, they're not, like, a Clemson or, or Alabama or LSU. But I, I got to I gotta be honest, man. I really kind of am jealous of, of your um, – you know, what you all have down there. I, we, you know, we don't – I mean, up here, college football means very little. I mean, you know, Penn State, but that's not real close to me. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, we're more pro football here, but – yeah, you, know, you got to love college football, and it's pretty great what you have. So enjoy the game, man. Uh, New Orleans is a good town, so you'll have a good time. Absolutely. Thanks, big man. All right, pal. Thanks. Take it easy. Uh, great call there from him. Hopefully he enjoys the game. Uh, we'll, we'll get 
kind of an idea of, of where the betting public's going in this game. I think we kind of know uh, coming up here in just a little bit. As I said as well, Donnie Wrightside will join us around 1045 to talk NFL. A uh, couple other thoughts on college tomorrow. Again, uh, you call in. If you have a game you want me to talk about, I'll gladly give you a breakdown of it. Uh, another nooner, Alabama-Kentucky. This is an interesting game because, you know, we, we remember when Nate Oates was at Buffalo, he, he would always find ways to win big games like this. And you look at his team in Alabama, it's really been no different than the norm. It's go as quick as possible on offense and defense, force the opponent into mistakes, get out in transition, hit threes on, in transition, really can really just do what you can you know, in general, offensively, go quick as possible. And they've done that. I mean, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. The transition offense has been terrific. Um, and they have beaten up opponents offensively. You look at the last, you know, five games for Alabama, 105, 92, 90, one, or, uh, sorry, 98 and 90. They've scored 90 or more points in five over the last five games. It's pretty impressive. I mean, this team can move offensively. You know, you put up 90 the other night against Mississippi State, a pretty good defense. You know, Richmond, you beat up. You know, Belmont, who's a really solid mid-major, you beat them up. You beat up Florida as well. Ended up losing that game. But, you know, you, and you read some of the quotes coming out of Lexington, and, you know, John Calipari has basically said, look, I mean, we don't have a problem running in this game. You know, we know Kentucky has plenty of youth. You look at offensively, I and mean, this team's as good as it gets. And one thing you love about Kentucky, they are so good at getting to the foul line. I mean, 31st in the country in free throw attempts to field goal attempts. They're top 10 in free throw percentage. And this Alabama team, I mean, it's been pretty clear uh, they're not very good defensively. Uh, I feel like if Kentucky can find some ways to score uh, from the three-point line, this could be a fun game. But I'll be honest right now, if you're going to give me eight, nine points, I think Alabama might have some for Kentucky. This is a team that is really good right now offensively. They're playing at a really high level. Kyra Lewis, you know, John Petty, Shackelford. I mean, th these guards have been terrific. And, you know, according to um, Nate Oates, they could be getting some reinforcements back. You know, I wonder how long will Nick Richards continue to play like this? Uh, I think this game is a little closer maybe than the number might lead on. You look at lately with Kentucky. You know, played well the other night against Georgia. Wasn't anything special. Um, you know, beat up Missouri, but, you know, wasn't crazy. They did hold, hold them to 59, which is impressive. The Louisville game, uh, that eight-point uh, win was – a lot closer than that. I mean, it was a, a three- or four-point game throughout. Uh, you obviously look, they lose to Ohio State, lose to Utah. You know, have they really put together a full game this year? I guess Michigan State, but I don't know. I, I still think the jury's out on Kentucky. You know, they're still a young team. We know what they are. Um, this should be a fun game. You should see plenty of points in this game. Uh, another game that I want to talk about is Tennessee-South Carolina, but before we do that, we might as well get our – a resident Tennessee fan on the phone, uh, Guan White, who, you know, I got to tell you, Guan, uh, I'm going to say some pretty good things about Tennessee in this call. So I feel like you should be kind of excited. I'm kind of liking Tennessee. I think they're a bet on team going forward. I do. I do too. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm glad, uh, you know, we was able to, you know, kind of turn it around against Missouri. So especially on the road. So, 
No, I mean, I agree with you. You know, like that when they lost Lamont and we had that stretch, I mean, that was just tough because he was the leader. And so I think they yeah. were just completely down, you know what I mean? It was a rough it was a rough time to lose him and I take the Wisconsin game kinda out because you know, any team would have trouble, but you know, Vescovi seems like the real deal. I mean, he's already their leading scorer, even with Turner. I mean, he's only played a couple of games, but he is look really good. The one thing about Tennessee that you know, they really need to stop, I mean, the turnovers have been crazy. I mean, you look at the other night, twenty one turnovers again. Uh, Viscovi seems to have trouble like right away with the turnovers. They've got to get that figured out. But you look at tomorrow night, I, I think this is another good spot to get a double-digit win. If South Carolina is not a good basketball team. Uh, Tennessee, we know how good defensively they are. And you know, for South Carolina, Guan, you know, the goal with them is um, they're very much a two-point offense. They're not a – I mean, they're a horrific three-point shooting team. They don't make free throws. They're exclusively a two-point offense. And against Tennessee, that's not exactly the way you want to play. They're just good in the half court. I think it's another good spot to back Tennessee. I like where they're going right now. Yeah, me too. Um, and I just wish we could get uh, our transfer, you know, there's no timeline on that. But, you know, just need to – because I feel like with Fulkerson and Ponds, they're, they're good, but they seem to run out of gas at the end of the game because they're not used to all this time yet. But, like I said, I, I like the match. Like you said, um, the matchup against South Carolina, I feel like, uh, you know, as long as we can just hold off on the turnovers, I think, you know, our defense is good enough to, you know, if we can keep them um, under six, like 60 or below, I think we'll be fine. You know, I think it'll be a, a double-digit win. Yeah, you should be able to do that. I mean, as I said, I mean, they, they have really struggled lately. They lost the other night to, to Florida by 13. Uh, game before that, you lose to Stetson outright, just a horrible loss. Uh, yeah, you need to get Euros uh, Plavsic uh, eligible. I don't know what's going on with that transfer stuff, but, you know, the transfer stuff in college basketball is a joke. Um, we'll Not see how really that works either, out. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, hey, um, I'm good to see Tennessee's turning it around a little bit, so. Yeah, I mean, everything's starting. I mean, it's starting to – I mean, I, I hope it turns around. And I mean, everything looking good, I mean, as far as just as the whole whole university, you know, like I said, the girls are looking good again. And, you know, things are looking good so far. I, I don't ever put a stock on winning the last bowl game with football, but to turn around like that was pretty cool because I thought it was going to be like three and nine – at the way it started, but it was good they fought back. And, and, and also another thing, too, uh, besides Tennessee, I, you, you probably know, but uh, Stony Brook, um, uh, Jeff, there's a kid that uh, played with my brother in AU, and I've known his family, and, and he's from uh, Keysport, Tennessee, uh, Mikael Foreman. He is killing it for Stony Brook. Um, he was a transfer from uh, Chattanooga. And he is killing it there, and and I think they're going to probably win the American East. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, Vermont is pretty damn good, but yeah, I mean, you look at Stony Brook. I mean, they've been one of the better teams against the number in the country. I mean, they have been a really good against the spread team this season, and it's nice to see. I mean, you know, Stony Brook's always been that solid group up in the America East, but you look at so far, 12-4 and four against the number, and as you said, Mikel Foreman's playing well, Andrew Garcia's been real good, Elijah Olani, yeah. they've 
they've looked real good. Miles Latimer. Last year they lost um Ekwasi Yaboa was one of their better players. He went off the Rutgers and yeah, I mean, they really have looked good. They actually won the other night against uh Vermont, which which as you said, um you think they could win the Americas. That was a big win away. Now you come back tomorrow, you get a bad New Hampshire team coming in. Uh, yeah, Stony Brook's rolling right now. Uh Gino Ford's doing a nice job up there. Right. And uh just one more thing too with football. Clemson, if you notice, Clemson has not has covered every spread that they played the championship. Even when they lost uh the one they did with Alabama, the first one they were in, they covered the five or was it six or whatever, but they haven't you know, they've covered every spread in the championship game they've been in and I just think that that they're gonna cover. I just really do. I just think they can they can hang with LSU. I think, like you said, I heard uh, you and the guy from Greenville, uh, South Carolina. Like, I, I really think they can hang in this game. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it's, it's three points or less. So, yeah, I mean, I think taking the points is the right way to go. Guan, good to hear from you, man. Uh, hopefully Kentucky gets it done for you tomorrow. Oh, no problem, or man. Tennessee. Not, I, I said Kentucky. Not Kentucky. It's Tennessee. All good, yeah. But yeah, right, keep Guan. up the good and I'll see you later. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Uh, Guam White joining us, uh, resident of Tennessee fan. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we got Dave Mason calling in in just a second. We'll be back with you right after this. opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics too. Leave it to me, leave it to my opinion, the big men on campus, I co-sign PubSportsRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Dottie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture, PubSportsRadio.com. safe out there wherever you are if you're going out and drinking make sure you call an uber uh make sure you don't do anything that i wouldn't do but again there's very little i wouldn't do uh dave mason will join us from better line in just a couple seconds here dotty right side as well we'll talk nfl if you have a college game you want to get to please don't hesitate to give me a call uh baylor kansas tomorrow this seems like a real rock fight doesn't it uh, you got to wonder, uh, you know, where is an eight-point difference here? I'm not sure I see it. 
but it looks like a spot where you're going into Lawrence. It seems like a close game, and, and they find a way to pull away and win by 10. Uh, but this Baylor team's legit. You just hope that Scott Drew doesn't come and, and, and ruin it. But it seems like a great spot to back the uh, Baylor Bears, you know, getting eight. just seems like a lot of points. Uh, another good game, Texas Tech and West Virginia. I'm willing to think this is where Texas Tech's kind of leadership shines through. Uh, I think getting points in that game is going to be worth the look. Obviously, we know with um, with Chris Beard, a team generally travels pretty well. Uh, and um, I think offensively, they have a bit of the other upper hand. With Jemias Ramsey back, they're really good. Um, you know, back to Baylor real quick. I mean, it's it's been a while since Baylor's lost a game, right? Um, they haven't lost since November 8th. I mean, you have some great wins. You beat Villanova, Arizona, Butler, Texas. Just beat Texas Tech the other night by five. Held them to 52. Uh, this team is legitimate. They really, really are. Um, you know, they have obviously guys that I think can neutralize uh, Udoka as of week A. You know, guys like Tristan Clark and, um, you know, um, you know, Flo Thamba and Freddie Gillespie. This team has plenty of bigs, plenty of guys that can handle, uh, you know, the big boy down low. And, you know, again, I, I don't love Kansas' depth. I, I don't love it. It's not great. Seems like a lot of points here. But before we get to NFL, I want to get to some college football. And we'll even mix in NFL as well. Uh, it's his first appearance on my show. I, I talk to him kind of frequently. Uh, it's Dave Mason from Bet Online, the sportsbook brand manager down there. Uh, Dave Mason, how you doing? Hey man, thanks for having me. Good to hear from you, brother. Uh, you know, good. Uh, well, actually, I I don't want to say where you're from because I don't know if you want people to know that. But um, you know, let's say you're a good local guy. Is that okay? Yeah, I think my accent kind of gives it away, man. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, okay. Dave's a good local guy. I've tried to diss the damn accent so many times. I just can't. I can't get rid of it, man. But uh, yeah, I'm, no. I'm around. I'm from around your part, so I could hear you. Uh, two words in, I could tell you were from this area. I, I didn't even need to <laughs> ask you. Um, Dave uh, coming at us from Bet Online. Look, I've said before, Bet Online is the best offshore book in the business. It's that simple. Uh, make sure you go check out all the stuff they have going on over there right now. Um, they, you know, Dave, you guys put the lines up for anyone. I know that. I mean, I don't think there's anyone quicker. Yeah, I mean, we sure as hell try. You know, it's it's uh, we kind of took that um, took that initiative probably about six years ago, I guess. The, the the big bosses said, "Screw it, man. Like let's let's go up first. and we did, and you know, we take our lumps here and there. But but you know, it, it, that's the thing, though. Now these days, now now it's a it's a it's a rush now. There's other books, you know, trying to beat us up, and and you know, it, it it's 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 kind of funny, you know. We we kind of started a little, you know, for years it was, you know, you know who that always put them up first, and then it was us, and now it's like everybody just wants that, you know. Now that there's so many onshore books out there, everybody just wants their number out there first to PR and market. So uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a race now. So we're still for the most part the first book up, but sometimes we get beat, you know, what the hell can you do? But it, it's good for the betters though. And it, you know, it, it, of all us books trying to beat each other up and put the dang number up first and the betters get betters reap the war, rewards as long as the betters are paying attention to those early numbers, which they don't always do. And, and I don't get that at all. 
you know, bet online. I know for college basketball, it gets the numbers out first. There's nobody quicker. Uh, Dave, uh, you, you reported on Twitter all week that uh, bet online needs needs Clemson large on Monday night. Um, it, it looks pretty. Uh, it looks pretty pro LSU as far as I could see here. I, I'm, I'm surprised that that so few are betting Clemson. I, it really blows me away. Is Joe Burrow just magically um, just wooed people that much? I mean, I know I know they've been terrific, and I, and I get it. And I know that people think they'll never lose, but I mean, how many times does Dabo Sweeney need to be an underdog? It's kind of amazing, isn't it? No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, you, you can't take anything away from LSU, right? I mean, they, they've been smacking everybody. I mean, you know, that Oklahoma uh, win uh, two weeks ago. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's Russia. a big part of it, right? They're just, they're just uh, killing everybody in their path. You know, it's what they did to Alabama. A month and a half ago, or whenever that was, it's just that's what's in everybody's brain. But I mean, have they been? You know, that's that's the thing. How are they going to react if they're in a close game? Like, you know, Clemson ain't going to lay down. We we won two out of the last three titles. Uh, Sweeney's I think it's something like twelve and one against the spread in his last thirteen bowl games, or something crazy like that. Winning as underdogs. So yeah, I mean. We're buried on LSU money. We're going to be huge Clemson fans come Monday night. You know, like 80% of the money is on uh, LSU, and it, the volume is through the roof. I mean, it, it's just, you know, I, I was just saying I don't understand why betters don't bet earlier, but for this game, that that's not the, the true. I mean, it, it, the, there's so much volume, and there's more volume on that game than there is any, any of the playoff games this weekend by far. So, I mean, it's definitely by kickoff. It's definitely going to be the biggest uh, – college football decision in the history of the company. I know that. Wow. Yeah, I, look, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to be wanting Dabo to get the job done and needing Dabo to get the job done. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, Dave, keep this in mind. Trevor Lawrence has never lost at Clemson, so I think you'd be okay. Uh, I have a guy that calls into this show. He drove three hours the other day to get a six. I think it was like in Oregon somewhere. Wow. And he got he got his six. So yeah, there are yeah. people that like Clemson. They're out there. But uh, Dave, um, NFL, um, you know, we haven't really. I mean, at least for the San Francisco Minnesota game, really has been a, a ton of movement. I mean, it's kind of been around seven. Uh, are you seeing it? What are you seeing on this game? And it, it kind of uh, what, what are you seeing? Tell me. Uh, the, the first game, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we went to six and a half, uh, but that got hit by Sharp. We got Sharp money on 49ers or minus three. We actually opened uh, seven and a half, went to seven, then six and a half, got hit by Sharp on forty on the 49ers. So, so yeah, it, it's hovering there. I mean, 63% of the money is on the 49ers. 51% of the bets are on the Vikings. Uh, 49ers are going to be teased every which way. Uh, it's going to be the biggest teaser of the weekend without a doubt. You know, the, the spreads right around seven are always get teased down the, you know, across, across the three. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, the action isn't too lopsided right yet, but you factor in the teasers and I'm sure the money line, par, money line parlays, I'm sure we're going to be big Vikings fans come tomorrow. You know, uh, we know the, the public loves, you know, that, you know, we, we just talked about LSU. I, I feel like, you know, Baltimore is similar this year with Lamar and everything they're doing. But you know, after last week, I, I feel like with you know, seeing Derrick Henry and the way Tannehill's playing and some of the matchups that Tennessee might be able to exploit, obviously, you know, keeping the ball out of a, a good offense's hands is, is, you know, running the football, doing that sort of thing. Double-digit dogs in the playoffs. I mean, 
is this game more even than, than I feel like it is? Are you getting even 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 action on this game? Baltimore, Tennessee, yeah, yeah, what's that it, look? No, it's it's about as even as it gets. Um, fifty-six percent of the bets are on the Titans, and fifty-one percent of the money's on the Ravens. So yeah, it's as of right now, it's not a big uh, need either way. You know, once again, you factor in those teasers and everything, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna need uh, we'll prefer the the Titans. Um, but yeah, it's you know ten point spread, right? And everybody sees what the Titans did last week against the Patriots. You know they they took down the uh, defending champs and um, with with impressive fashion. So you know a lot of betters are, have such short term memories, right? And, and they remember that that hot team and that what the hell happened last weekend and uh, and double digits to getting a team like that getting double digits. Why not? But the Ravens, man, I mean, it's, it's been so damn good all year. They're covering the number every 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 uh, week. I don't know how the hell you can bet against them and Lamar. I don't know. Good thing, though, about this, and a lot of people, you know, for, for anyone that's curious, I mean, you, you might just kind of assume that it's Baltimore in January. It's going to be, you know, 20 degrees. It is very warm around this area. Today it was 55. Tomorrow it's supposed to be, you know, it's going to push 60. So, you know, weather conditions are going to be fine for this game. You're going to, it's not going to be that, you know, not that Tennessee has to worry about that, but just something to keep in mind. Uh, it's not as bad as you might think if you're living in wherever you live. Uh, uh, Dave, any other, uh, any other sharp action that you, uh, that you feel like sharing the rest of the weekend as far as the NFL? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, 49ers are the only sharp uh, spread so far. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get some over the weekend. Um, a couple totals, Vikings under 45, that's now 44, and the Ravens under 48, that's currently 47, so that's what we're seeing so far. And for the national championship game, we got a little two, two-way sharp action, you know, that six, he talks about your guy driving a few hours to get the six, yeah. and, and uh, so we got Clemson plus six, and we have, you know, LSU minus four better, so we all two-way sharp action. How long were you at six for? Not very long, I'm guessing. Not not long. I mean, you know, it all takes a better day. Yeah, I mean, if this lopsided though, I it could go back there. You know, I mean, if the game like this, you know, it's earlier in the season or whatever, you know, you, you you just let it roll. But you know, these these late games in the season, you know, or these last games of the season for college football, and it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be a massive decision. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 had a double take when I looked at the action a couple hours ago. I had a Oh my God! It's gonna by Monday night. It's it's gonna be through the roof. So, so well, you, listen, Dave. Um, you know, let your odds guy. Yeah. Let your odds guy know if he wants to push it up to six. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're pretty stingy though. You know, we we we, we uh-huh. don't get a lot. We don't do a lot of that. But you never on a big game like this, you might you might get a bargain. You know, the Super Bowl games, national championship games. Uh, those the, the the biggest, of course, the biggest bargain in the history of sports betting. The Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, a couple summers ago, stuff like that. You you can get a bargain out here, but uh, you know if but our guys, you know, our guys trust the number, trust the sharp action. So, but once in a while they'll they'll, they'll get throw a bone out there. Might maybe just get some buyback. We do go to the next and get hit by sharp, and won't, won't be there too long. But keep your eyes peeled. Always get the best of the number. You know that. Definitely, we'll try to do that, uh, Dave. Before we let you go, can you can you throw us a bone? Anything in college basketball tomorrow that you have? Anything? 
Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we like you said, we posted numbers early, and you know, I'm I'm always surprised how so few people just bet those early numbers. I mean, we get decent action, but uh, you know, it's not as much as I expected. And but you know that that once football's over too, we get a lot of more action on the early openers. But and the biggest sweat of the day is going to be Baylor. I mean, people are just out of Baylor. We opened at Baylor, uh, Baylor plus eight against at Kansas. That's the marquee matchup of the day. And about what is that, about eighty four percent of the early betters are on Baylor. So yeah, uh, great great betting card tomorrow. I know the guys on the stage, man. They <laughs> whenever I'm bugging them about college basketball, they they get so uh, they're 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 on overdrive on Saturdays with all these numbers and soft numbers out there and the totals. You know, we offer totals on every game and and uh, not not all bucks do that anymore. So that uh, they they work they're on overdrive on Saturdays. So. I'm looking forward. I'm a huge basketball fan myself, so I love it. Yeah, the Kansas-Baylor game has the look of, there's no way Kansas is going to cover that. Baylor's, uh, you know, they're good enough to hang around. That's a three- or four-point game. Kansas finds a way to win by double digits at home. We see what home courts can do, and I just talked about that before you came on. Uh, Dave Mason, great stuff, man. Always good to chat with you. Uh, we got to link up at some point when you're up here. Uh, I know you're a local guy, but thanks for coming on for a couple of minutes. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah, buddy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold you up on that uh, cheesesteak uh, offer. Listen, Dave, so gonna... Dave, listen, I'm gonna take you to the best steak in Philadelphia. We'll go to the best spot, South Philly. We'll go to Phillips. It's the best in the city. Not even close. Oh, yeah? Let me know. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. I'm holding you to that, brother. All right, got gotcha. you. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. All right, cheers, pal. Take it easy. Uh, Dave Mason, Bet Online. Go check Bet Online out. Listen, I wouldn't uh, see you wrong. Bet Online is the best book in the offshore business. It's just that simple. And, and frankly, might be the best book in general. I mean, look, I know that these new books, FanDuel, DraftKings, you know, Sugar House, Parks, you know, they all throw out these nice new apps and stuff. But listen, Bet Online's been around for a long time. They're straight shooters. You know, always, always very solid info. And as Dave said, I mean, if you're betting basketball, you're betting football, you know, it's nice to get numbers early. And look, if you're a horse guy, you know, a lot of people tell horses that I put out. I, I, I've done a lot with that lately. You know, Bet Online has got a really great horse book. Um, you know, a lot of the big races, you know, they're going to give you a daily racing form to, to bet with. Um, and um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you if you don't. If you're new, let's say, to a horse racing, you know, go on there, you know, read some of the daily racing forms, you know, go to, go to bet, you know, Santa Anita, you know, if there's a Santa Anita, you know, and read some of those, they can help you. You kind of understand horse racing and horse betting and, you know, bet online has all that stuff. You know, they have the, the, the bonuses, they have the, the Bitcoin withdrawals, they have the poker book, they have the, you know, all the different sports. You can bet on entertainment props, which is great. You know, some books don't have that. Uh, you can bet right now on, you know, when Justin Bieber's next album will be released, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, by the way, um, speaking of horses, uh, I've been doing some great work uh, on the horse book. Um, I, it's been fun too, because it's, um, you know, I'm really kind of finding just really solid spots, betting a lot of really good horses. You know, Gulfstream has been terrific. Uh, Santa Anita, I had some success there today. Uh, it's been fun doing that. You know, I give all that stuff out for free. So, you know, make sure if you're out there and you um, you like horses, you want to bet on horses, uh, check out uh, my uh, my horse cast and my horse bets that I'm doing. Uh, if you have a game you want to talk about, please give us a call. Um, you know, 
chat about whatever you want. 515-605-9349. 515-605-9349. Make sure you check out um, PubSearch Radio. We had the, uh, the commercial a little bit earlier. Uh, after the break, uh, we will get to Donnie Wrightside, who will go over college or not college football, the NFL. We'll go over four games on that card. Donnie Wright's at right after the break. Hey guys, Donnie here with RightWager.com. If you're looking for the best sports handicapping service in the business, there's only one choice, and that's RightWager.com. NFL, college basketball, Major League Baseball, and much more. 100% verified, all by third party. No hijinks on the website, no Google Docs spreadsheets that can be updated and changed. Strictly through handicappers, watchdog, and capper tech, we've been online for almost a decade. Come on, join the team at RightWager.com. The NFL is winding down. Some big money to be made in the playoffs right through the Super Bowl. And we start our college basketball season in January. So join the team here at RightWager.com. What side are you on? I am the big man on campus. Thanks to Dave Mason, Battle Line, joining us. Uh, always good to hear from Dave. Uh, mentioned that uh, San Francisco 49ers, kind of a sharp side as we head into Saturday and Sunday NFL. Just an update out in Providence. The second half under looking good. Uh, just 43 points. Uh, we still got seven minutes to go. Let's not count our chickens yet, but under 71 and a half looking okay. Let's get to the phone lines. Let's bring in our friend Donnie Wrightside. You just heard his commercial. Donnie Wrightside, who helped record a great intro the other night. Uh, he talks NFL. Donnie, how you doing? Doing good, man. Is it sounding good, Jeff? That a little opening helping you out there? Getting you pumped? Yeah, it sounds really good. I actually had a couple people contact me and tell me they enjoyed it. So yeah, now listen, if you need a, a, a you know any kind of a read or commercial or intro, call Donnie right side. It's two hundred bucks. He'll get you. He'll get you dealt with. He'll get you a a nice intro. Uh, all you got to do is pick the music and tell him what you want. Uh, all right, uh, Donnie, let's get into NFL. Dave Mason just came on and told us yeah. that San Francisco is a sharp side at Bet Online. Um, currently Niners seven total 44, you know, San Francisco is interesting because I've said before, and I've told you, they seem like they're one year away, but now that new Orleans is out, obviously they, they're, they're the best team left in the NFC, but I'll tell you what, Kirk cousins really threw something to me last week. And Donnie, I remember talking about this with you. Wasn't one thing about Kirk cousins, the concern, it was him. You know, coming into the season, you knew they had a good run game. You knew they had good receivers. You knew their defense was pretty good. Kirk Cousins has passed the test. Um, what do you like in this game? Yeah, and it's funny that Dave uh, brings that up. Cause I think he's right on that angle because 
I guess, you know, it's almost like what you've seen lately. So the, what's most people going to say coming into this week? Oh, my God, I just watched Minnesota. They went down to New Orleans, handled the business, won in overtime. And now, you know, New Orleans, that immovable object down in the dome, well, they can win there. And they can go out in San Francisco. And then you immediately get the, well, Jimmy has never done it before. And now Kirk Cousins has a win under his belt, which I don't believe because as we get into it and talk these four games, there's a lot of things that really interest me with the San Francisco 49ers, including, obviously, in the NFL, one of the biggest things you can have is a rest. And the other thing is, I, I don't know how much – the, the average person gambling on football understands that you take a plane down to New Orleans, you're on the road Sunday, you go into overtime, you win it, it's like, oh, thank God. Then you fly back home and realize you got to take on the best team in the NFC in six days, not even a full seven days, and it's not home. you got to go out on the road to do that. And to counter that, San Francisco's waiting. They're healthy. They get they had like ten days to hang out on vacation before even worrying about playing you when you had to go down to the dome and play New Orleans. Yeah, it's a great point by you. I mean, you also look at San Francisco. I mean, this is the healthiest they've been yeah. really since the beginning of the season. I mean, you're going to get Jaquiski Tart back, Quan Alexander's back. Um, you know, D Ford's got a game time decision, but he'll play. Uh, you have Nick Bosa, who's been terrific. I mean, they're healthy. You look on the other side, you have some knocks. I mean, obviously Minnesota with, with Thielen, he'll play, but he's you know kind of beaten up a little bit. You know, if you could limit Dalvin Cook, I, I think you're going to have some successes. And you look at Tart, I mean, he's been a good player against the run for them. Quan Alexander's terrific. I, I mean, a lot, a lot is going to help them being healthy. I think getting an early lead obviously is nice. You mentioned kind of the – the scheduling spot with having to win last week in the dome. Now you got to go on the road again. I got to tell you, Donnie, three and a half in the first mm-hmm. half looks pretty strong here. I, I could see a, mm-hmm. you know, 21, 13, you know, 20 to, to 10 lead in the first half. Maybe not that high scoring, but three and a half looks pretty strong here. I mean, if, when you take a look at San Francisco 49ers, you know, 13 wins and three losses, best team in the NFC. And to me, I mean, I've been tweeting about them all year. I know even last year you were high on them until Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, right. but they're playing so far. They have everything you need. Their defensive coordinator is sensational. Their offensive coordinator, obviously, is the head football coach. He is sensational. You have every single thing you need to win in this game, but also when you take a look, Jeff, at the three games they lost, right? They lost to Seattle 27-24 to in overtime, which if they have a rookie kicker and he makes a kick, they end up winning that football game. They go play in Baltimore, and if you remember, Jeff, that game was in the pouring rain where the game was tied 17-17 with the San Francisco 49ers driving at about maybe the 35-yard line or so with the Baltimore Ravens. They don't get their fourth and one. Baltimore goes the other way, runs the clock out, and kicks a field goal and gets the winner there. And then you saw the Atlanta game, which they were down four starters on defense, but still had a you know double-digit lead, or was it a, a nine-point lead, 19-10 or whatever, late in the third quarter that game they let slip away, which you see 29-27 as the final score. But you also remember – that was a fumble in the end zone to end that game to make it a seven-point game. And also before that, Julio Jones catches a touchdown pass that crosses the goal line. I think it was fourth down by, what, a half of an inch that gets called a touchdown and reversed. So those three losses all could have went their way. But also when you're taking a look at what they do and what they do, well, you brought up a great point. This is the healthiest they've been, Jeff. And also when you take a look at some of those losses, the 27-24 loss that they had to Seattle at home. If you remember, Jeff, there was no George Kittle in that game. And early in the first quarter – after scoring, I believe, 10 points in that game, uh, Emmanuel Sanders goes down with the rib injury and sits out the game. See, the two best offensive weapons in the passing game that didn't play in that. 
Everybody is healthy in this game. D Ford's going to come back. What's he played? Four snaps over the past six games total. You also have you brought up the Dirk Whiskey Tart. That's a great one to have in the secondary. And you say, well, what happened in the Atlanta game? Richard Sherman plays in that game. Julio Jones doesn't go off for 13 catches, 134 yards, and two touchdowns in this game. You have to look at what they have and what they don't have. And to me, the San Francisco 49ers have way more than the Minnesota Vikings here. Yeah, and we know one of the concerns as well that, that I think Minnesota's had all season. I, I got to tell you, I, I don't trust this secondary at all. I mean, it, I, I know last week they, they played well, but a lot of it had to do with their pass rush. And look, I don't, I don't trust this secondary. I, I just don't. I mean, yeah. you look at on the season. I mean, you know, numbers are okay, but I mean, you look at away, they're they're a lot worse. You look at San Francisco. This is the best team in the NFL opponent yards per pass attempt. They have a very good secondary. The defense is a lot better, I think, than people give them credit for. And, again, they are healthy. Yeah, I think early in the week I, I kind of mm-hmm. thought, you know what, maybe just back Minnesota because, you know, Kirk Cousins is playing well. But I, I'm not buying it here. I, I'm not buying it at all. I, I like San Francisco. Do you have any thoughts on the first half, Donnie? Is that is that anything you would like? No, I, I like look- it. I, I like it. No, because what we're looking at here also is we'll get into as these games get underway, but there's some really good spots in the first half. And it's not just because you're saying, well, you know, because you can play devil's advocate. Well, Jeff, they've been off a couple of weeks. They might be rusty in the first half. You can't look at it like that. When you talk, We're going to talk about Andy Reid in just a little bit. You're talking about some of the best game plan play callers in the business. So you know what happens, Jeff? Their first 15 plays are dialed up based on what they saw on film and practiced and ready to go right off the bat. So when you look at – how many times do you see, like, oh, we don't make any second-half adjustments? How could you score 17 in the first half and nothing in the second half? Because that first half was scripted. You knew exactly what sets you had. The players know exactly what they're getting into, and that works. But also taking a look, Jeff, at the uh, Seattle – or excuse me, the uh, Minnesota Vikings coming in. You know, Adam Thielen – Look, the cut's probably not going to hurt him. But you know what hurts him, Jeff? He doesn't practice all week. He doesn't run all week. He's in a pair of sneakers, and they say, well, he's not going to do anything until game time shows up here. That's automatically going to be a liability. Stephon Diggs missed two to three days of practice because he was sick. Now you're going to lean on Kirk Cousins in this game. The one thing that we also like, Jeff, that you want to zero in on this football game, what gives the San Francisco 49ers problems on defense? It's Kyler Murray, a quarterback, running that read option. It's Russell Wilson running outside the pocket. It's playing the Ravens and having Lamar Jackson gain over 100 yards on the ground. You know what doesn't give them a problem, Jeff? The teams like Green Bay, where that quarterback, you know where he's in the pocket. The teams like Carolina, you knew where they go. After Cam Newton, you knew where Allen was in the pocket. It's, it's amazing when you look because if you just break down and you take, Jeff, the Arizona games out, you take the Seattle game out, and you take the Ravens game out. They're the running quarterbacks of the NFL. And just put pure pocket passers, the 49ers' average margin of victory, Jeff, 31-17 to 17 in those games. It's good stuff. Uh, I think we're kind of both leaning here uh, on uh, on the Niners. I like this spot. Uh, again, you know, weather should, you know, ain't going to be an issue here either. Um, all right, Donnie, the other game, uh, Tennessee and Baltimore. Uh, this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. All season, I've kind of liked uh, both teams. Uh, Tennessee, I I backed a lot towards the end of the season. And then, you know, I want to start quickly, Diane, with a quote here. This is from Matthew Judon, the linebacker yes. for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked him about Derrick Henry. He said, uh, we want to hit him as many times as possible. 
We know he's a good running back, but it all starts with us, our communication, our assignments, and our technique. As long as we do that, we're going to be able to attack him in different ways that he hasn't seen all year. Um, once he gets started, he's a hard tackle. And he's been a hard tackle. Derrick Henry is, I mean, slowly, possibly, I mean, again, you know, McCaffrey and Kamar and guys like that are terrific. But um, this guy's turning into one of the best running backs in the league. And I think he is one of the best backs in the league. And you look at, in the second half of the season, Donnie, Baltimore at times had a lot of trouble on the ground. I mean, they gave up a lot of yards to you know, a guy like Nick Chubb. Uh, they gave up almost four and a half yards of carry, which is bottom, you know, 10 or so in the league. I look at Ryan Tannehill. I look at how good he's been, his yards per attempt, his ability to throw the football downfield. Obviously, we know what Lamar Jackson is. We know, you know, what they are. But I talk with Dave about this. Obviously, the weather temp-wise is going to be good. But I've noticed all week, Donnie, there is a system headed up to this area it is going to be raining tomorrow it is going to be windy tomorrow uh this is a game i think obviously is going to be fun to watch just because both offenses are, are going to be fun to watch in these kind of conditions and against these types of offense both want to run the football both want to keep the ball on the ground for the most part but you look at tennessee i, I just am starting to get the nick Foles eagles feel with them i i, I don't know why i don't know what it is but Mike Vrabel's been terrific. This defense, I mean, they're giving up about 104 yards a game on the ground. I, I got to be honest, 10 points seems like too many here. I, I'll, I'll back Tennessee. I, I think, as, I, as usual, when you take an underdog, you know, can they win the game? It wouldn't surprise me, Donnie, if this is like a 17-13 type of game. Give me Tennessee. I love them in the red zone. They're so dependable. You know, it's, 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 I love talking football and, and sometimes, you know, you bring up some sharp points here and you do, because when you look at this football game on its head, right, you say Baltimore, oh my God, you see what they're putting up every single week, 28 last week with backups in against Pittsburgh, 31 versus Cleveland, 42 versus the Jets, you know, Buffalo's pretty sound defensive team, 24, San Francisco, 20 to 17, that was in that rain game, but the other games, you know, top it into the thirties and the forties. And then you look at Tennessee and you go, did you see what Ryan Tannehill's doing since he got in there? 25, 26, 28, 35, 42 points a game. And immediately, what do you say? You're going to get 62, 63 degrees. There might be some light rain in that game, but windy 12, 13 miles an hour from what we're seeing here. Not that bad of conditions, specifically if we're talking about mid-January. So you go, 47? I got Baltimore at 31. I got the Tennessee Titans, you know, in the high 20s or whatever you have. You know, you said that's an easy over. But not so fast because when you take a look at some of the numbers they have and what's the pathway to victory, Jeff, if you look at Tennessee, you know you have a dominant offensive line that likes to row grade and hand off to an absolute Mack truck in the backfield. Would it be smart, Jeff, for Tennessee to go, you know what, I know Baltimore could score. Why don't we go five wide and throw it all over the place and see if we can out? No. The game plan was great last week for Tennessee versus the New, the, uh, New England Patriots. You can't exactly say, well, you know, New England couldn't score, so we'll hold it down. But you need a similar type game plan and vice versa. When we take a look at moves that were made, because you know where he goes, like, sit there at the trade there, man, we're going to add a cornerback. We're going to add a wide receiver. We're going to make that play off front. Well, you know who added the right player? Marcus Peters coming over to the defense for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to give you some stats here, Jeff, based on what we saw since Marcus Peters came over. Because early in the season, you saw the games, what, 40 points against Cleveland. They were a little bit leaky. Once they got him, Jeff, they gave up 20 points to New England and 342 yards. 
13 to Cincinnati at 307. I'll skip the yards, but you'll get the picture. 20 points, 13 points, 7 points versus Houston, Jeff. 7 versus Houston. 6 versus the Rams. 17 versus San Francisco. 17 with Buffalo. 21 in the Jets on that Thursday night blowout. 15 versus Cleveland. And backups held the Pittsburgh Steelers to 10 points. Since Marcus Peters took over in week nine and him and Jimmy Smith were lined up side by side, Jeff, 14 points per game and 260 yards total a game on average. If you put the 262 in perspective, Jeff, that's number one in the NFL by 15 yards a game. So when you look at what Tennessee wants, Tennessee's not going to be able to cruise up and down the field, but vice versa when you look at Baltimore also, they're not a passing offense. When you see the points that they put up, Jeff, it's like, what, 15 for 21 for Lamar no, for excuse me, Lamar Jackson and 175 yards and four touchdowns. They want to run the football, and then you say, all right, well, Mark Ingram is the engine that runs that offense. He's got a hurt calf. If you know anything about explosive players with hurt calves, that means he's going to get like 10 carries in that ball game, right? So you're looking at a defense that you can expose through the air, but that's not really what Baltimore does. They want to run the ball. I love your look at the under, man. I really do. Yeah, under looks strong here. I mean, the one concern, though, with Baltimore, Baltimore's allowing five yards to carry at home. Five. That's a lot. That's terrible, actually. Tennessee is more equipped to stop the run than Baltimore. They just are. You know what, Donnie? I'm going to say it. I don't give a shit right now. Tennessee is going to win this football game 20-17. to 17. <laughs> Give me Tennessee. I'll, I'll, I hey, I'll, in this it'll game. be interesting to watch. It would be. I believe, I believe in Mike Vrabel. Again, Lamar's a young guy. I still think he's got a little seasoning yet. I'm not yeah. saying Baltimore's not good. They are. But Tennessee seems special. I, I don't know what it is. And, Donnie, I, I'll, I'll, every time I can bring this up about Baltimore, or I'm sorry, about Tennessee, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. They're the number one team in the NFL in the red zone scoring touchdowns. They don't kick field goals. They finish drives off. They give the ball to their big bruiser, and they put the ball in the end zone. Okay, it's it's important. You need to score touchdowns in a red zone. I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see the, the you know, the kicker. Seventy-seven percent of the time, Donnie, they scored a ball in the red zone. Baltimore, they're second. They're at sixty-seven percent. Tennessee is ten percent more than anyone in the league at scoring a touchdown. Four to five times they're going to score a touchdown in the red zone. That is quite impressive. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Baltimore uh, to lose this game. I think Tennessee wins. I'll take the 10 points here in a game. It is too many points, uh, especially with some of the weather conditions. Um, and, by the way, Donnie, you were sharp. Uh, Dave Mason said Sharps bought off 48 in this game and dropped it down to 47. Yeah. So, I think you're on to some. Team total under 29 and a half looks pretty strong here. I got to tell you. Yeah, because I was actually – I was even looking at the uh, – more so than that, the team – which is crazy because th- these guys all sure, like Dave Mason and, you know, these these companies are sharp. And usually the sharpest guy in the room is the guy actually setting the lines. 17 and a half is a real eye-opener because when you look, obviously, at what Tennessee has done on the season, you say, wait, 17? We can't even hold 17, like, you know, since, since Tannehill took over. But how well these defenses match up against each other – and you saw it last week, Jeff, which, again, is one of those things where if you're not watching or paying attention, sometimes these things slip your mind. Regular season football, Jeff, right? And how many times do you talk about hitting the totals where you say, look, these coaches are aggressive. If they're at midfield on fourth and one, they're going for it, which is unbelievable. 
because if you get it, it's great. If you don't get it, it's great because the other team's already at the 50-yard line. Jeff, Tennessee's punting from the 36-yard line. Bill Belichick, who's very analytical and loves to go for it, is punting on fourth and one repeatedly from midfield. In games where you have playoff-type atmospheres, Jeff, fourth and one for Tennessee, let's just say they're up, uh, I don't know, 13-7. Let's just give a weird number for the early third quarter. They're punting that football, Jeff. They're not going for it like it would be in the regular season, which is huge on totals. So you're saying you like the over 17-and-a-half? No, I like the under 17-and-a-half. Like, Baltimore hasn't I, given – Baltimore's only given up 17 points in the second half twice, 21 to the Jets and 20 to New England. They're only 14 points a game they've given up since their defense has gotten healthy. It's unbelievable. Keep in mind, if you like under 17-and-a-half, better line is 19-and-a-half right now. Yeah, 17 gotta, because what you'll say, the, the, the difference, that you, the 20 is the big number and the 17 yeah. is the big number. So it's actually not it's – not, it's a great point you bring up because – if anybody out there follows team totals, you know those break-even numbers. Like when you see – here's one of the things. Like when you're betting a side, Jeff, right, when we look at – let's just say Michigan-Ohio State in the regular season and a fictitious number, 21. Like, ooh, I would love it at 20 and a half because that means you have to win by three scores. But when you're betting a, to- a team total and you see 20 and a half, like, ooh, I want to keep it under 21. How many times has a team, Jeff, scored just three touchdowns and three extra points? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But 20 is two touchdowns and two field goals, which happens. So if you get 21, you're basically betting up to 24 anyway. So if you got, let's just say, 17 and a half at, I don't know, minus 110, but somebody else is offering 19 and a half or something, you see what I mean? The difference is there is negligible. And just take the better number because how many times are you going to get 18 points anyway? You know what I mean? Sure, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, Donnie, Houston, Kansas City, Sunday games here. Uh, Houston currently a nine and a half point underdog total 51, uh, weather about 40 degrees, limited winds. It's not going to be too bad out in, uh, KC and Andy Reed, 18 and three off a of bye. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller, Donnie, uh, just give me a one word answer. Is he in or out in this game? In, but won't matter. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I think Kansas City wins by double digits. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Houston's defense stinks, okay? It just does. I'm not going to buy into the fact. Josh Allen's a fucking imbecile, okay? I'm not worried about – Josh Allen couldn't beat that defense. Yeah, they just – Josh, he's an imbecile. That offense isn't built to score. They had 425 yards on Houston's defense last week. Sure. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Pretty simple. Um, I I don't trust Houston's defense. Their secondary stinks. Their third down defense is laughable. Their red zone defense sucks. You're not going to have that same shit offensive line that you had last week that, you know, Cody Ford can't cover J.J. Watt. And they're, you know, they're putting tight ends on J.J. Watt. Kansas City's offensive line is pretty damn good. And Mahomes is 10 times a better quarterback than Josh Allen is. Tyreek Hill will be streaking down the field. Look, the way to beat Kansas or the way to beat Houston is attacking them downfield, throwing the football downfield. I like Deshaun Watson. I kind of like the over in this game. It's starting to feel to me like this one is, you know, 34, 24, 38, 24, something like that. Kansas city seems like a team that's not going to leave any doubt, but I have no interest in betting against them in that building. I have no interest in betting against Andy Reid off a bye. 
And I look at, as you said, you know, Will Fuller, I mean, how healthy is he? This seems like one of those games where he might just try to play and, and not be really much of a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City, Kansas City, attack downfield. Houston is completely limit limitless on, on defense. Give me uh, give me, give me, Kansas City. I think they roll in this game. Yeah, and so, so like the first game we talked about, Jeff, was Minnesota-San Francisco. I mean, people have to forget. It's not, oh, boy, how good. Desha- yes, Deshaun Watson is awesome. Let's not forget also. They had to come back and use a lot of gas and beat a team in overtime, and you take that deep breath, and now you go on the road and face one of the better teams in the NFL. And this brings up another point. When we talk about San Francisco was minus three and a half in the first half, one of the best play callers in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan, is dining up things to get those good looks in the first half. One of the single best game preparation guys I've ever seen. Now say what you want about his halftime adjustments and, you know, he's a bad game day coach. There's nobody better than the first 15 plays of the game than Andy Reid. And you're talking about a guy that's going to have a healthy Patrick Mahomes, a healthy offensive line, a plethora of just track athletes at wide receiver. And you're not talking about six inches of snow, heavy rains, heavy winds. They should be able to get after it. So my theory in this game is the same as a lot of them. Kansas City's minus five and a half in the first half. If you think Kansas City is not covering at the halftime, they're probably not going to cover the 10 points or nine and a half for the full game. But if they are covering at the half, and then you say, all right, well, it's Sean Watson in play time, you know, 16-point game, 14-point game, 13-point game, he's going to be able to come through the back door because he can scramble and make plays and, you know, improvise on stuff. So, again, Kansas City look in the first half does make a lot of sense. The one injury information I'm waiting on is Chris Jones, the uh, superb interior defensive lineman for Kansas City. He had a calf injury on Wednesday, I believe, and didn't practice the remainder of the week. That is a massive loss if he does not play. So if you're looking for an over-the-total, Jeff, and he sits, that's really a good one. But I agree with you in this one the same way I did with maybe an underlook in Baltimore and Tennessee. I think Houston-Kansas City only plays toward the over. And you bring up another really good point. I don't know where this comes in where I, I don't know maybe because people get excited that, it's, you know, they just hear the name J.J. Watt and, you know, they have all these first-round draft picks in the secondary. I mean, after, the, you know, what, I guess midway through the season they played Baltimore and gave up almost 500 yards of total offense. They held Indianapolis down the next week. I believe that was one of the games where uh, T.Y. Hilton's is coming back. But after that, Jeff, 400 yards versus Denver and a rookie quarterback. 400 yards versus the Tennessee Titans, 430 yards versus Tampa Bay, 460 yards versus Tampa Bay, excuse me, Tennessee, and Buffalo, who we know struggles. Jeff, Buffalo had 172 yards on the ground and 253 in the air. Buffalo, good Lord, man. Keep in mind, opponents converting 49% of their third downs against Houston. That's second worst in the NFL. Houston is shocking against third down. You look at it in the red zone as well, Donnie. There's no one worse in the NFL than Houston. They're allowing a touchdown on 71% of the drives that they face. That is terrible. It's dead last. It's not even close. So, look, Houston's defense stinks. This over looks better and better as I talk about it. I I guess the only concern is this is 31-17, and Kansas City's defense is, like, really, really good. Yes. But this just seems like a 35-21 type of game, something like that. Um, yeah. All right, final game here. Um, Seattle headed on the road to take on Green Bay. Packers four and a half, total 
46. Look, even last week, I mean, Josh McCown had a fucking torn ACL. Okay. No, he tore his no, hamstring no. off the bone in not the a, second quarter. <laughs> right, not ACL, a hamstring, sorry. And he still almost beat the Seahawks. So, like, yes. the Seahawks are on, oh, like, yeah, they're, they're kind of on, like, last legs here, okay? Like, you get Aaron – listen, Donnie, here's all i got to say about this game. I'm getting Aaron Rodgers at home in January in a playoff game with a good run offense – a pretty, I think, a pretty strong defense. This is why you go out and draft extremely well. I'm almost jealous of getting guys like Kevin King and and you know Jair Alexander and and even getting a guy like Ha Clinton Dix. I mean, just I was just so well done by by their defensive uh, scouts and 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 you know playmaker, uh, you know, getting playmakers in there. Listen, give me those things all day, every day. Twenty-seven, fourteen, Packers. You know, it's funny because we didn't even talk about these NFL games together and go over them. But I like to look sometimes, Jeff, at the common, most common elements. And I, we're, the, we're cut from the same cloth. I saw the tweet come out today about um, he was obviously uh, Josh McCown, right? So I'm saying to myself, all right, let me get this straight here. You had a rookie running back that was banged up in the football game. You had Boston Scott, who's performed well. You had the best right tandem in football in right guard and right tackle that didn't play in the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, your quarterback Carson Wentz goes down nine plays into the game and you turn it over to a guy that hasn't, really hasn't played all year outside of a couple plays and he's 40 years old and then I see a tweet that said oh by the way he tore his hamstring off the bone. So then you go back and go alright well we saw six sacks or seven sacks total. Well maybe it's easy to sack a 40 year old guy with one leg and no wide receivers where you can get away with it. Then you look at how the game played out where the Eagles repeatedly in the red zone in the fourth quarter, but just couldn't cash in and only lost that game by eight points. So now I say, all right, Green Bay is catching a lot of flack this year. The worst 13-3 team you've ever seen in your life. Look at the teams they beat. They barely beat them. You can say that. But pathways to victory happen when this takes place. The Eagles had a decimated offensive line, and Jason Peters is too old to handle a guy like Jadavion Clowney. You have some of the best pass-blocking, healthy tackles now in the league in Bakhtiari and Balaga. They're both going to play. Their offensive line is intact. You have a quarterback that, unlike Josh McCown, can't manipulate the pocket, sidestep a pass rusher, throw a dart out of the backfield to a wide-open wide receiver. He couldn't do that last week and was taking sacks. So now you have that. But also let's not forget one of the best running games now in the NFL that you can handle and play action makes it that much more serious. So then when you look at the defensive side of the ball, Green Bay does have a good defense. To me, obviously better, if you look at pro football focus, at top 10 defense in the NFL, the Eagles were like 17th or 18th, and you can burn them. So when you say, all right, Russell Wilson is an unbelievable quarterback. We both love Russell Wilson. But you're asking him in this football game, Jeff, to say, all right, go on the road, another East Coast style. I mean, they're playing in the Midwest, but again, another long travel distance game. It's going to be cold. Russ, you have no offensive line. You're probably going to be down three starters again, and if those three starters do play, they're going to be on one leg. You have absolutely zero running game to begin with. Now you're going to have corners that can match up with E.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and you have two outstanding outside pass rushers that can pressure the pocket. Not Brandon Graham on one leg who got hurt and Derek Barnett last week, and all you're relying on is Fletcher Cox coming up the middle. Russ needs to have, Jeff, what, 10 unbelievable plays in this game. Not even to win, Jeff, just to hang around to be in this game. 
if the pocket yeah. is collapsing and the offense is scoring with Green Bay, is it just going to be Russ has to do one of those third and 18s, I'm going to throw it up, and hopefully I get that five times in this game? If you're a betting man in this, maybe you say, you know what, I don't want to deal with Russell Wilson getting four points because if they're down double digits, he can come through the back door and he can. But if you take an honest assessment out of this football game overall, Green Bay is markedly better at every position. Usually you could say, well, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers is the best athlete to ever play quarterback in the NFL to me. If you take his head, his arm, his legs, and what he can do in the pocket, there's no way Green Bay loses this game. I'm sorry. I agree. I, I totally agree. It seems like a 27-13, 27-40. Darius mm-hmm. Smith, Preston Smith, those boys, they're going to have some success against that, uh, you know, Guys like you know Laramie Tunsil, not not Tunsil. Who's their who's their offensive lineman? Yeah, so uh, Dwayne Brown, who hasn't played in a Dwayne month, Brown, is going to try to play. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, yeah. out there. Also, uh, doubtful. Mikey Potter, who missed the game in Philadelphia, was expected yeah, to did. be back. He was downgraded to doubtful. Doubtful in this game. So you're looking at three of their five best offensive linemen not playing against a legitimate defense, a rested defense. I just look if if. Russell, how many times do we say, Jeff, in basketball and baseball? Look, if this dude, if Russell Wilson comes out and goes 26 for 28 for 376 yards, four touchdowns, and he runs one in, you know what I say? God damn it, that's Russell Wilson. But I, I just, I have to say it. You're looking at a team with the Green Bay Packers that can go out, Jeff, and win this game if they have an average game and just don't have three turnovers. In order for Seattle to win, Russell Wilson has to pull up an all-time game. I just, I, I just, I don't like betting into that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, you look at that offensive line for Green Bay, too. Bakhtiari, Elgin Dank, Jenkins, Corey Lindley, Billy Turner, and Balaga. They've been very good up front, really good at home. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams has been solid. Obviously, the run game and, and Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. I love this play as well. Really like Both running backs head, both running back healthy. I mean, everybody's healthy. Look, I mean, Kenny Clark is a really big deal in the middle. He's questionable for the game, but you know he's going to go. They're all healthy. You're going against a team on one leg versus a rested team at home. And how about what about the other games we're talking about, Jeff? Like Baltimore, ooh, can they cover 10? Kansas City, can they cover 10? Green Bay, 26-20. You walk away with an easy win. Yeah, it should be a fun game here. It should be a fun game in yeah. all of them. Uh, looking yep. forward to it. Donnie Wright said, great stuff, man. Uh, Rightwage.com, great work. Uh you're, you're a comrade at Pubs for Radio as well, so a great work there. Uh, any other uh, plugs for you today? Yeah, how about Jeff? A uh, little Fairfield stag action crosses the goal line mm-hmm. tonight for us on our Pub Sports Radio play of the day. They've been a lot of fun. I, I like doing videos. I like doing that stuff. I like popping on and talking. I'm excited for the weekend, as I know you are, because, you know, you bet the NFL and you got a monster slate that you're probably already drooling over tomorrow in college basketball. And here we go. It, Interesting call. Fairfield actually lost the other night to the pathetic Marist yeah. Red Foxes and come yes. back tonight. And yeah. That's a tough spot for Manhattan. I think Manhattan had played like a few road games in a row. That's, that's rough. Oh, yeah, this, this, was um, the, this was their fourth straight road game tonight was there was that for them. Sucky thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize, like, that conference is pretty, like, pretty close. But Canisius and Niagara are out in, like, Buffalo. Like, Niagara's out towards yeah. Buffalo. and. Canisius is, is in, like, Albany. So, like, that's, uh, and Jeff, that's kind yeah, of – yeah, and, and, by the way, they, they're not taking uh, five-star charter no. jets. They're on a bus across across New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they don't. Uh, they're not taking uh, you know, charter jets and getting Chick Fil A and all that great stuff. Um, any, any, you, you take a look tomorrow at the Cardinals. Any, anything you're eyeing up? Anything you're for now? I've been, I've been all football, footballed up uh, for tomorrow. I haven't done so, but I'll wake up certainly in the morning and uh, take a look at that. It's been fun. Like I stole a game on uh, Oklahoma to open the week. Went into Texas. And then I dipped in the Conference USA last night, took a little SAU action. And I got to tell you, some of the funny things are coming back because uh, tonight in the Fairfield game, they jump out to a 16-2 lead. Like, oh, this is going to be easy. Then you see the nine-point lead at the half, and then the five-point yeah. lead. Like, here we go. And the one game which made me laugh was SAU, Jeff. Jumped out to A. I think it was yeah, 55-35 in a pick game with 14 minutes to go. They lost the lead in the last three minutes. And had to, you know, knock down a couple threes late to actually put a five-point win. I'm saying to myself, are you kidding me, man? But they held no, on to win, but that's the way it goes, man. It's never-ending. I, um, I, I've been on, a, like, a cold streak. I've had, like, a seven or eight game where I was just couldn't hit anything. But last yeah. night, Donnie, I, I waited till late night. I took uh, mm-hmm. St. Mary's first half against uh, Brigham Young. And mm-hmm. I got – because I got info that – Yoeli Childs is out big for BYU yeah. and I they had just yep. been really good at St. Mary's against BYU and Donnie it's a tie game with like 12 seconds to go and BYU has the ball there's there's really no way I get a cover outside of like yeah. a turnover BYU turns it over Donnie mm-hmm. six seconds to go I need a three so I need like a yeah. you know I need to get lucky I need Jordan Ford to pull up and hit a three wouldn't you know it that little fucker pulls up from three and knocks it down those ones are nice, man. Those, those are the ones that you don't deserve to win, but they're great to keep streaks going and busting streaks. Because usually, how many times does that go against you? Like, oh, I got an easy one here. I got the basketball. Look, shoot it out of bounds. Don't give up a three. Foul in the backcourt for a one-and-one, and one, and then you always get that go your way that way. So those are nice, man. Are you – Donna, are you on Twitter right now? I'm on Twitter right now, yeah. I got. I got to. Before we let you go, I got. I got to have you. You got to see this. Uh, let me tag you in the the thing here. You got to see this shot. It was so dirty too. Like I, I'm jumping around. It was awesome. I just tagged you in it. Take a look at that. Take a look at that shot. It was so butter too. Like I'm just like, oh my god, man. I just need something to go my way. It's like, look at that shit. You got to see this live on here. Oh goodness. So beautiful. Yeah, no, yeah. That's beautiful because the, you can still get the running clock. So even if he hits it with two yeah. seconds left, that's really the end good. of the half. That was good. Yeah. And it's your only shot, that too. That's all your hope. Because even if he would have missed it, you say, well, damn it, at least he took a three and didn't drive to the rack. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, sometimes yeah. you get emotional with games. It's like, you know, you, you, you know, we put a lot of time into this shit, man. And it's like, yes. you know, things don't go your way. And then it's like you get something to go your way. And it's like, you know, fuck yeah, you know? It's like, feel good. But, <laughs> all right, Donnie, we'll let you go. Good to hear good to hear from you as always. I'm sure we'll talk to you next week. Uh check out Donnie on Twitter at RightsideVP. Check him out on his website, rightwager.com. Donnie, enjoy the games. We'll talk to you. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Yep. By the way, guys, that sexy voice is me on the promos. Enjoy tonight, big man. Yeah, listen, hey, if you need a promo shot, I know some of you may. Call Donnie. He does voiceover work. It is two hundred for a, a commercial, but I'm sure, you know, we can work something out. Um, from Donnie Wright. Uh, thanks to him for that. All right, we're out of here, folks. Great stuff. Thanks to Donnie for calling in. Thanks to Dave Mason from Bet Online. Thanks to the callers we had, a couple of you. Uh, I'm out of here. You all enjoy your Friday night. Uh, we will be back on Monday evening uh, for the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. 
Uh, our friend Ian Cameron will join the show. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk college hoops, and we'll even get into some NFL or NHL. Finally, we'll get Ian's thoughts on the season so far, where you can make some money down the road on the ice. You all have a good weekend. Make sure you stay safe. Make sure you go and take some time away from sports betting. Go out and do something with your kids or take your dog on a walk or fuck your girlfriend. I know that's what I'm going to do. I got my girl coming up on Sunday. Um, We are only as strong as the women in our lives, folks, as they say. Uh, All right, guys. Enjoy the night. We'll talk college football playoff as well. That'll be on um, Monday night. That'll be kind of interesting. So, uh, Also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Nadeau. I'm out of here. You all enjoy your night. Bye-bye.